Welcome to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. A podcast about events, travel, and the people who love both. Find more episodes at vacationraces.com. Welcome back to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. I am Colleen, one of the race announcers for Vacation Races, in studio with Lyle Anderson. In person. In per- I know, I love it. That's why I said in studio. I know. It's always great when we don't have to be on Zoom. It Sometimes nice. when Anna's in Italy or traveling around, she has to be on Zoom. But Italy, Italy. luckily, I you're guess here. it's better than Djibouti. It is better than Djibouti. This is we now we have to explain Djibouti. Djibouti is a place in Morocco. I think it's Morocco. I don't. It's just off the coast of Africa, is all right. I it's know. well, it's on the African continent or or something. Yeah. And Anna's husband serves in, in the, the military. In the military, and he was stationed to go to he, Djibouti. He, he well, he he periodically has to go do deployments in Djibouti, and so it's kind of an insane. And joke, just the more so. you say Djibouti, she can't go to Djibouti though. She can only go to Italy, which is where he's where he's mostly stationed. But everybody so. wants to go to Djibouti, All right? Right, and it is a fun one to say. It is a fun one, Djibouti. So Djibouti, we're not in Djibouti. We Dang. are actually in Southern Utah. Actually, Lyle, what's cool about this Zion Ultra that we're going to be talking about today? Your first hundred miler. That's right. I was my, one of your pacers for it. My only hundred miler. Let's but, be uh, honest. Right. I ran plenty of fifties. <laughs> Yeah, but you had you did the hundred. I, I remember did the 100, yeah. you did the hundred. It was good. You were very sleepy, very sleepy. Oh, you you weren't even with me for that. I wasn't part of even this. with you when you were very very sleepy. Yeah. I was only with you when you were sleepy. Yeah, well, I was, I had only been going for like half a day at that point. <laughs> I had only I had only reached you know half of the twenty uh, four hour clock at that the, point. The so. half sleep for it, but <laughs> we love Zion Ultra. It's definitely a hometown race for us, and we are going to be there in April. On the 15th, the weekend of the 15th and 16th. So it's a Saturday, Sunday event. We've yep. got how many distances? We got four. Okay. We got four. We got a hundred mile, hundred K and a 50 K and a half marathon. Very nice. So lots I pause of options. between those because there is the, a pause between there those. is a pause between. Them. I know. And we're going to talk all about the event schedule because it's a little bit different yep. than some of our other ultras as far as the way that we roll this out. And we'll kind of explain why that is. But this is all you need to know. There's lots of ups, kind of rolly, rolly, technical stuff. There's lots of downs. Yeah. To go back up. And there's a lot of rock in between. There's a lot of rock in between, but yeah. it's beautiful rock. It is. It, it, scenery is amazing the whole the whole time. there. It really is. This is a beautiful, beautiful course. And people really, really enjoy it. And they come back year after year. That's what I love at this like one. Even, even in the dark of the night. Oh, it's gorgeous. It's still, I mean, especially if you get a nice clear night. Yeah. Which this far out, we don't know what the weather's going right. to look like. But but if it's a nice clear night, like the stars, they oh. just pop. They really do because you're away from the city enough yeah. that yeah. you really do have some beautiful, beautiful views. The sunsets are unlike any other. So you guys are definitely in for a treat for this Zion Ultra, whether you're running any of the distances, any of right. the four, you're going right. to get some great views on all of those. Some of my favorite trail is up there, the trails that we use to train on and it's all good stuff. So let's kind of take it from the schedule first, Lyle. Okay. We've got bib pickup happening on Friday. Yep. Starting at noon. Okay. So that's going to start at noon on Friday. And that's going to be located where? It's going to be at Ruby Rider Ranch okay. in Apple Valley. Which is the start finish line. Yep. Which is also the start and finish I love that. That's so easy. Yeah. So once you get there, you'll know exactly where you need to be for the entire race. Your spectators will know where to go. Your pacers and support everybody's going to be at Ruby Rider Ranch. And that's uh, it takes a little time to get to. So if you're coming from St. George or something like that, it takes me 
about like a solid hour to yeah. get there from I mean, here. I live in Hurricane, and it's right. a, and it's probably a good 20, 25 minutes yeah. from my house. Yeah, that but, would make sense. That would yeah. make sense. So it does take a little time to get out there, but it's a great piece of property that we have out there. Plenty of parking available. Oh, yeah. yeah. And it will be really easy. Overnight parking, I wanted to ask you about that. What's the availability there? So the answer is no okay. to overnight parking. And uh, and I'm actually really glad you brought this up. The The reason why, and I'll get people come up to me and ask me every time during the expo, you know, if they can just sleep in their car. The problem that that creates is everybody shows up on Saturday morning all at the same time. And so I have to park them strategically right. as sure. they show up. If I've got a rogue car that's just parked in the middle of the parking lot, I'm going to have to move that car. So if you're parking in the parking lot thinking that you're just going to get some sleep and then just wake up and run, guess what? Come about four o'clock in the morning. Lyle's going to be knocking on your door. I'm going to be knocking on your car and I'm, I'm going to be making you move because like I need to, I need yeah. to make sure that it flows, you know, when we, when we park. But if you are looking for camping spots, <clears throat> there are plenty in that area. Right. And so the, a lot of them are first come first serve right. just on that BLM property there. So you need to be careful and make sure you're, you're in a place that allows for you to be there. And, but. and along that subject line of camping, um, a lot of people really wish that we would allow camping at at the uh, Ruby Rider Ranch. And uh, I have some good news, oh. but it's not 100% yet. Okay. But uh, but I'm going to just talk about it here right now. Uh, we, did, we did petition Apple Valley to allow us to do camping, and uh, they are open to it. Oh, nice. So, so we, we did include it on our permit this year. And uh, it's it's has to be voted on with the city council, which is like not going to there's next city council meetings, not till like uh, March 22nd. OK, so uh, hopefully they'll agree to allow us to do some camping. It's not going to be a free for all. Uh, it's going to be yeah. limited number that we can accommodate if they vote approve, that. approve it. Yeah. Um, but if that's the case, then we will send out an email letting everybody know and there will Great. be a registration link where you can register for camping if Perfect. you if you would like to camp at the start finish line. okay so just stay t stay tuned for some details yeah. on that because we do record these audio race guides a little bit before so that right. we can get it out to you so you can prepare and listen to it but make sure that you're pulling up the digital race guide that you're going right. to get a link in your email right make sure you look at that because we're going to talk through some things but we're not going to be able to hit on everything and things like this that are going to get updated all that will be in the race guide yeah and you guys you guys are hearing it here first all right breaking so, news so all the more reason to listen to the race guide yeah because if uh if we do uh decide decide to be able to offer that we will like i said before we will send out an email letting everybody know that camping is available Perfect. but it will also be limited number it won't just be a free-for-all because apple valley will you know limit the number of people that we can accommodate yeah. and so okay um, so march 22nd hopefully the vote will happen on that and we'll know a little bit more yeah, yeah. come the first of april yeah so so i would i would expect that sometime you know shortly after that okay. in a day or two we'll be sending out an email letting people Perfect. know what's, Perfect. what's going on Okay, so stay tuned for that as far as accommodations. If you're staying in Hurricane, there's plenty of places for accommodations at Hurricane. Oh, yeah. Even Apple Valley has a few things now that, yeah. that are kind of building up. Hilldale, yeah. Colorado City actually has some options as well. So there are some places for spectators and people coming. And there is some dry camping areas that are available for yeah. comfort. I mean, we're, serve. we're surrounded by public land. Yeah. So, so if you want to take options. advantage of that, it is all dry camping. You're not going to find any facilities out there. 
For over 40 years, Nathan has provided best-in-class running essentials designed to help runners enhance and improve their performance mile after mile and year after year. From our hydration vests and handhelds to our safety gear and apparel, Nathan products deliver on what matters most to you. Intuitive design, comfort, quality, and smart storage. Check us out at NathanSports.com or follow at NathanSportsInc on Instagram. So on Friday, we've got the bib pickup, but one of the big things on Friday is for the 100 milers and the 100K, it's their drop bags. Yeah, yeah. We need those on Friday. We do, yeah, and we need them by 8 p.m. at okay. the absolute latest because we're going we're gonna to get get all those drop bags dropped off um, ready for you by, by the start of your race on Saturday morning. Yeah. So we need to make sure that we are giving ourselves enough time to get them all transported. To and it takes a little time to get to some of these areas yeah. on this course. And so it, if you bring them on Saturday morning when you're starting us getting them there, we, we can't guarantee they're going to get there in time because yeah. it does take a little time yeah. to get out there. So we'll do our best, but uh, Friday but, night, but, but, uh, but if you get them there by eight o'clock on Friday, then I guarantee you, we will have them at the perfect. Stage, I so. like that. We like the guarantee. So make sure you get those drop bags. So that's the hundred mile and the hundred K now 50 50 K yep. and half marathons. They can also come on Friday and pick up their bibs. Yep. Totally great. Or they can wait till Saturday to yeah. pick up their bib. We, we would love to have as many people come on Friday as, as, as they can. Well, that's when the vendors are going to be that's there. When most and everything. Vendors, yeah. The, Saturday, once we start the race, uh, we probably won't have a lot of yeah. expo vendors there and stuff. So it's definitely going to be a better expo on Friday. Uh, we will still allow bib pickup on Saturday for people that, aren't able to make it there. Um, but just be aware that it's going to be a pretty. Yeah. Limited. Yeah. A, a limited bid pickup for that. But the 50 K you do have a drop bag deadline of 2 PM on Saturday. So Correct. whether on Friday, can they drop them off on Friday if they had their yeah. drop bags ready? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you can also drop them off on Friday if you come on Friday, but Saturday 2 PM is that got to be in yep. no matter what. Yep. So that's for the 50 K half marathoners. You don't need a drop bag. You're right. going to be just Correct. fine. Yep. You're going to be yep. good to Not go. only do you not need a drop bag, you are not allowed to have a right. drop bag. <laughs> <laughs> so don't even try. Yeah, so don't, don't, don't try so to don't, So don't worry there. about it. You don't need any of those. And if you're interested in knowing exactly where those drop bags are offered, what's great about the digital race guide is every single distance has this chart that tells you what access at each aid station you have. So is it drop bag? Is it pacers? What is it? And that's what you need to look at as far as planning your drop bags out and things like that. Most important thing that you put in a drop bag, what does it allow? Socks for me. Socks for I, you. And I'm an, and see, I'm not a sock person. Yeah. Isn't that funny? But I, it's funny. We I think we talk about this every time yeah. we do a race guide. It's like, hey, what is the most important thing to you that's gonna make or break your race? You know, yeah. and obviously nutrition is right up there sure. for most people. Like if you've got some special dietary restrictions or whatever, and you've trained with, you know, X brand of gel and you, and know, you and know that you works for you yeah then like then like don't don't break tradition yeah to, on a race you know like always go with what you know works for you and so that's where the drop bags really come in handy is like okay so i've been training with you know goo roctane you know yeah. and it and it and it works does, great it works me. amazing well we don't have goo roctane nope. we have we have uh, honey stinger we have honey stinger gels and for a lot of people, they really like the honey stinger gels. But if that's not what you've been training with, right. I would not, I would not recommend just going, you know, completely doing right. a 180 and trying right. something totally different on, on race day, especially if you're if you really have high goals and expectations for yeah. your race performance. So like 
give yourself the best opportunity for success as you can. Yeah. And everybody needs something different in their drop bag. So use whatever you need on them and label them. Be a little bit creative. We don't want a giant duffel bag for a drop bag, a small, small bag. What do you think is the best size? Like, what would you say would be the best size for a drop bag? Oh, I, I don't know. I, my, my drop bags are like, you know, small, like dry bag. Yeah. That, a dry bag is a great idea. So like, um, you know, that way the, the contents can stay dry. Um, but also I can, you know, slap some duct tape on there and yeah. like label it and, and easily peel it off afterwards. And so those work really good. I I have seen a lot of people do like Ziploc bags, like those gallons, like those the big, two and a half yeah, gallon yeah, big, ones. I like those ones. Ziploc yeah. bags because those are just, you know, easy. easy. Yeah. Easy. You can see what's inside of it, yeah. you know? And, um, so those work really good too. And, and same thing, you know, just, just make sure that you label it very, very well. So you can identify it when you come into the aid station. Cause We'll have all the the bags kind of like lined Laid out, up in the, yeah. in the you know in the the drop bag staging area, and uh, and a lot of times it's just just a needle in a haystack trying to find the right yeah. bag. So so it, it make it a little identifiable and make sure your name is on it, your bib number's on it, and also the drop bag location that it's going to. Exactly, that's really helpful to make sure that all of that's on there so that the staff, if for and, some and reason, and the distance. Did you say the distance? Oh, I didn't say the distance. Yeah, so the yes, distance the race you're running, you're doing. name, distance. Okay. And and, uh, and then bib number and, and aid station that yep. you're having to transfer. So to. all of that on those drop bags, 100 miler, 100K and 50K all have drop bag access. Make sure to reference your race guide, your digital race guide, so you know exactly where you have those opportunities to have those. Let's talk through some other things that are, you know, that people have a hard time understanding sometimes with our ultras. Let's talk about cutoffs. Okay. So we have... Overall cutoffs, like the 100 miler, you have 36 hours to complete, but there's a bunch of intermediary cutoffs that they're going to be up against, as well as Grim Reaper times. So we have minimum pace times, we have Grim Reaper times, then you have your ultimate total 36 hour cutoff. Can you walk us through, let's start with minimum pace times. Tell us how the minimum pace time works at all of these aid stations, and then tell us how the Grim Reaper works into that whole overall time. I'm going to I'm going to put this in the simplest terms that I can cuz it seems to cause a little bit of confusion like what's the difference between minimum pace time and the grim reaper time? Yeah. So grim reaper time is absolute. So like that Grim like, reaper like, means death. Grim Done. reaper means like end of story if you are coming in past this time like there's no arguing, there's no It's over. There's no trying to justify like will this happen or whatever. No. Like that is the time and and if you're cutting it close to that then just know that when when you hit that time, like your race is done. And I don't want to like say that as the bad guy. I'm just saying no, let's try it, and like set expectations it's now. It's for the runner's benefit. It's right. it's for the health and safety of runners. And it's right. also for operations. We have aid stations right. that need to close. Yeah, and- we, we have we have volunteers working these aid stations and they're only agreeing to be there for X right. amount of you yeah. know, hours. And so And there has to be some sort of a Yeah. Yeah. So so the simplest way that I can explain this so that it doesn't cause any confusion to people is look at those minimum pace time <clears throat> minimum pace times and consider every one of those a grim reaper time because if you do that yep you're you fine. are going to beat every yep, grim reaper yep, time yeah because i always the grim reaper time if you look at the 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 minimum pace times and the grim reaper times i pad mm-hmm. a little bit of time on top of the minimum pace times for the grim reaper for time. the grim reaper yep. yeah so it's like as long as you're coming in at minimum pace then you're then you're good yeah a good example here is i'm looking at the 100 miler we talked about that little chart that's in this digital race guide that you should pick up. And I'm looking at the Virgin Desert aid station in particular. That's at mile 25.8. And it has a minimum pace time, 
meaning you have to be through that aid station by 2.07 p.m. Yep. on Saturday. Yep. And the Grim Reaper time is 2.20 p.m. Yep. on Saturday. So you can see that there's that, what do we have, 13, 13 minute yeah. difference between them. So if you're hitting the minimum pace time, you're not going to have to worry about nope, the Grim Reaper nope, time. No, nope. And And the, to, to be completely transparent with you guys, these minimum pace times are what time these aid stations are scheduled to close. Right. So at 2.07, Virgin Desert is closing. It's closing. And and that's what time we've contracted with our volunteers to be there till. Um, th now, the problem it creates is like I have these Grim Reaper times so that absolutely nobody is allowed past that. If it's an aid station that does not have a Grim Reaper and you're within a reasonable time after that minimum pace time, there's a good chance that you will be allowed to continue past that. But just know that by the time you get to the next aid station, if you're still maintaining that same pace, mm -hmm. you're going to be, you know, exponentially, you know, further behind. Right, because generally time. speaking, you're not going to make up time. Right. I right. mean, some people can. So, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not saying that. You know, it has not, happened. You're not a fast runner, but generally speaking, in an ultra, we tend to get a little bit slower and slower and slower right. with our pace. So if you're following behind, you could come up to an aid station that's going to be closing. Right. And that's and, what and, we don't and want. We to want and we want to avoid that yeah. for many, many reasons. But number one is to keep keep you safe. Yeah. And for to sure. make sure that you know you're not getting stranded out in the desert somewhere and. Yeah. And without water and, and supplies that you need to, to be yeah. able to, to make it home yeah. safely. Yeah, absolutely. Family, so. Absolutely. It's all for participant safety and runner safety. So just take a look at these minimum pace times. You stay on those minimum pace times and realize that like this virgin de desert example that I was giving at that 207 PM is the minimum pace time. Not 207, you get to the aid station. Right. You got to right. be out of the yeah. aid station by 207. And, and generally speaking, I tell, I tell all my uh, aid station workers, I said, you know, because when we when we get to that point where we're looking at closing the aid station and we got runners still coming through there, if if anybody comes in longer than twenty minutes past the minimum pace time, I I call it. Yeah, I, yeah. I call it because if you're twenty minutes behind that minimum pace, you're going to be forty minutes behind when you sure. get to the next one or or even more. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So just know that, like. You can try and argue your point, you know, if you're a few minutes after the minimum pace time and there's a good chance we'll probably let you continue on. But if you're 20 minutes or more past the minimum pace, yeah. then uh, that's what I've instructed all of my uh, aid station workers to to call it. Okay. And this is good to know. And this is really helpful. So hopefully you guys are understanding <laughs> the difference between that minimum pace time and the Grim Reaper time. If you stay on the minimum pace times, you will finish the race three minutes Let's say, oh, excuse me, seven minutes before the 36 hour cutoff. Yeah. So yeah. they are, it's, it's made for you to be successful at that minimum pace yeah. time. So yeah. look at those graphs because they're really, the, those tables are really, really helpful for each of the events. Of course, this is not as applicable for the half marathon time, though there are, there are closers and things for the half marathon as well. Just be really, really like, make sure you understand exactly what's going on in each of your races so that you know how to handle it and you won't be surprised. We don't want any surprises. No, no surprise. We no don't surprise. Like Nerding out on data, perfecting the optimal training and nutrition plan, aiming for progression in PRs, 
Sound like you? Well, Gnarly Nutrition can relate. Featuring a full line of honest sports nutrition products, Gnarly provides the best nutrition possible for all types of mountain athletes. Because they offer great tasting and reputable products, Vacation Races trust Gnarly to be the on-course hydration sponsor. With the low-calorie, high-electrolyte Gnarly Hydrate for shorter races and the calorie, electrolyte, and amino acid-filled Gnarly Fuel 2.0 for longer races. Gnarly is here, taking the bonking out of your big day. Use code vacation 15 during checkout at gonarly.com for 15% off. Speaking of eight stations, it's going to be like a buffet out there. Oh yeah. Yeah. Our eight, I've, I've run a lot of ultras. You've ran, yeah. you've ran several with me. Um, and I have to say that, uh, I think our aid stations are pretty top notch. I we, think they we are have, too. we have a pretty vast, uh, offering of things at each of our aid stations. From soda to yep. sandwiches, uh, sandwiches, to bacon, fruit, bacon, potatoes, quesadillas. Yeah, grilled cheese is my yeah, favorite. Like all, we got we got lots of sweet and salty yep. snacks, pickle juice, potato like chips, things. pretzels. You're gonna see some yep. M and M's and yep. things like that. So all of it is is to help gnarly, you out. Gnar, oh gnarly, yeah, the gnarly fuel two O. Fuel two O. Yeah. yeah, which is a which is a. Uh, it's another product that gnarly makes, but we have exclusively at our ultras, and it's more of a calorie like replacement a, yeah it's, it's it's more of a uh, a liquid meal yes in a, in a sense than than just the the other gnarly hydrate that we have at our half marathon right where the gnarly hydrate just has electrolytes this has calories and electrolytes yeah. in yeah. it so great electrolyte for you we do have cup free aid stations yeah so you got to make sure that you have your own little collapsible cup yeah. you've got an extra water bottle I always tell people, bring a couple Ziploc bags, yeah. you know, to hold some things. Such a good idea. It really is. And they're simple ideas. Yeah, yeah. So It doesn't need, doesn't need to be complicated. But yeah, like Colleen said, you know, something to carry um, your little snacks in. So if you're, you know, if you're wanting to come through the aid station and like just hurry and grab and go, then that's a great way to be able to do that and still be moving forward mm-hmm. while you're eating on instead of just hovering over the table yeah. and trying to eat your food. So it's funny. I was talking to somebody the other day that they're actually going to be at our antelope ultra and it's their first 50 miler and he's like what what's the like the one thing the one piece of advice that you can give me and i was like don't dilly dally at the aid stations yeah you don't realize how much time you eat up looking for your drop bag right going through your drop bag changing your socks going to the bathroom talking getting a to snack, everybody talking you see a familiar face and you just start it's true it's and, true yeah. and it just all of a sudden you're 10 minutes in <laughs> and those 10 minutes work against your minimum pace time when you got to get to that next aid station. I know station. There, was, there was the one year that I ran all of our ultras and it was hard for me because everybody working the aid stations and you so many other all. people, like I knew them all. And so <laughs> right. they'd be like, Lyle, you're here. What are you doing? How you feeling? I'm like, oh, I'm good. You know, and then I got the race I'm running with you and you're like, come on, Lyle, let's, I'm let's like, go. I'm like, Lyle, let's Chip go. Chop. We got to get out. Because it is, it's one of those things. You, I think we shouldn't even have chairs at most of our aid stations because <laughs> yeah. it, it, you're, that's what's going to happen. You're going to sit yeah. down in that chair and the next thing you know, 10 minutes is going to go by, 15 minutes is going to go by. And yeah. you'll look back at your Strava and be like, oh my gosh, look at all that downtime. Yeah. So, And then you look at those minimum pace times, you're like, we were so far ahead. And I then know. it's like, now I'm cutting it close. Yeah. So. so aid stations can eat up a lot of time. So have a strategy going in, have your cupless, have your collapsible cup for the cupless aid stations and you'll be good to go. And it will be really easy. Also, we try to be zero waste at vacation yeah. races. I mean, that's a big part of vacation races. Yeah. We will have receptacles there at all the aid stations to, to be able to, you know, put compost where compost goes, recyclables where recyclables go, et cetera. And, and really we, we have a whole team of people that are there sorting the trash, um, not specifically at the aid stations, but when right. it comes back from the aid stations. So 
do what you can to help us out there because you know, on the back end of it, it's a yeah. lot of, it's a lot of work on their end. It's funny. Your son, group. Cameron was working the zero waste at Saguaro and he's yeah. like, Colleen, I found 20 bucks. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I think it was the first time he'd ever found money because yeah. he was most of the time it's like poopy diapers. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's usually stuff he doesn't want to talk yeah. about, but yeah, Cameron literally was hand sorting through all this garbage and he happened to find $20 yeah. and somebody must have emptied their pockets or yeah. something. So he yeah. got a little tip that yeah, day. So if somebody, or maybe somebody did it strategically. He, just, he deserved like, it. This guy, if he's gonna sort through all this and he yeah. finds us 20 bucks he deserves it. he deserved it i was yeah. i was excited for him when he said he found <laughs> 20 bucks so all right so we know everything to go with these aid stations these minimum paces these grim reaper times let's talk a little bit about this course this is not an easy course no it's not it's uh it's not our hardest course nope but it's not an easy course either it's uh it's got a lot of you know we're in in this area in this region you know we're we're in the uh, we're in the desert, and we we uh, we are surrounded by a lot of buttes and plateaus and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. so, to run a course when you're surrounded by stuff like that means you got to get up and down all. Yes, of you so do. So there's a lot of, you know, we get up on top of Gooseberry. You know, mm-hmm. luckily we start up there pretty much, and yeah. so like each of these like Grafton Mesa, Wire Mesa, yep, you know, Gooseberry Mesa. Uh, you're going to be climbing guac- up these. Guacamole, yep. you know, Mesa, like all these, you know, you're, you're coming up and you're going down to get on top of each of these. And so, uh, Smith Mesa, you yep. know, like these are all, these are all the, the different sections that we're running on. And that's, what's so cool about the profile of this course yeah. is yeah. you're kind of down in the valley and then you go up on the Mesa and then you're back yeah. down in the valley and then you go up on the Mesa. And it's, it's just cool how you're right there at the doorway of Zion. You can see Zion the whole yeah. time. But it is some technical stuff. You're going to come across some technical descents, some yeah. technical climbs. Poles are probably really good in some por- portions of this. Yeah, especially um, there's there's a specific trail section coming down off of Gooseberry Mondo Z that we call Mondo Z, and uh, and that's a you know it's it's a, it's very steep, and it's also got some like loose rock. It's just loose, yeah. And so yeah, that that's that's one of those trail sections that I would definitely recommend having poles for. Mm-hmm both going up and down. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you know, go, luckily, you know, you go down it for the hundred mile, hundred K you go down it fairly early in your race. Right. Um, so it's not as bad, but they do have to come back up. It but, pretty you gotta, but you do got to come back up it. And, uh, and so that, that tends to, that tends to, to beat on you pretty good yeah. when you're coming up there. So, yeah. So there are some of those technical descents. Also, when we get out on like Grafton Mesa, Gooseberry Mesa, you're a guacamole, mm-hmm. a lot of slick rock. Yep. Um, you've got a lot of in slick rock. When we say slick, it's really not slippery. It's actually just, really sticky. Yeah, it's sandstone. Yeah, and it's just these mounds. And when you're on, I don't know who came up with the term slick rock for sandstone. Well, because if water runs on it, it does look kind of slick. I guess maybe if it has, maybe it freezes and turns to yeah, ice. Yeah, but we don't have any water. Don't. But it's so not. Don't worry but about yeah, that. to Colleen's point, it's not slippery. So we get a lot of people no. when we say, "Oh, it's slick rock." They're like, "Oh, am I gonna? Do I need special shoes?" No, no, it's actually very, very tacky. But yeah. it's almost like running on cement. Yeah. Because you're just running on this hard surface of these rocks, and like on Gooseberry, it looks like the moon, just like yeah. rolling yeah. hills of this slick rock. And there's a lot of mountain bike trails. Lots. A lot of mountain bikes. So the mountain biking clubs have marked a lot of these trails with white paint dots because there's no bushes there's yeah. no bushes and which is which is great so it's it it's a great way to be able to follow the line that you're that you're trying to stay on the problem is there are places where that those mountain bike trails deviate from, from, our, from, course. from our course and so people get off track because they're just get their head down and they're following yeah. the white dots 
So just be aware of that. I mean, the year that I ran this, uh, there was probably at least a dozen or so people that I had to like yell at to get back on the course because they were following the dots. Yep. And we have everything marked in pink markers. So just whenever you see a pink marker, always scan ahead yep. to see where the next pink marker especially is. Especially on Gooseberry. You know, I was in, in Gooseberry, especially in the dark too. I was doing yeah. the Zion Half Marathon, the Zion at Night Half yeah. Marathon up yeah. on Gooseberry. And even knowing those trails, I had to stop and I had right. to look for my next marker. And you've got some bird tape on there that's reflective. So at night, you're also able to pick them up with your yeah. lights. But you just need to be a little more careful up right. there because sometimes you come over these slick rock humps and the flag that you're looking for is a little bit to the side where it's not straight in front yeah. of you. And so it you could be an look. eye level. Yeah. It could be a ground level. Yeah. So, it, you know, it just depends. To, to Colleen's point, to, to, typically, We'll always mark the junctions very heavy, yes. so that so that way, if you are at a place where there's a turn, you know, we'll usually put signs there, you know, with an arrow or a wrong way or something like that. But sometimes, if it's pretty obvious, then we'll just use markers, but we'll mark it really heavy yeah. too. Yeah. So just be aware of that. If you've gone, you know, if you've gone a couple hundred yards or so without seeing a marker, there's a really good chance that you probably missed yeah. a turn. Yep. So go back to where the last marker was and. And look for, yeah. make sure that you're connecting the dots. And one of my favorite tools is to use the Avenza app. Right, right. Because That's Avenza, a really good point. it's a free app. You've got all the course maps on there. They don't need to have service to right. work, which is good for this course because yep. you're going to be in and out of service. You pull that map up. It puts a blue dot right on yep. the course map exactly where you're at. Yep. And I've used that on Gooseberry many, many yeah. times. Yeah, you can put your phone right in airplane mode when you've got yeah. this app open. And it's, and it's a great tool to be able to make sure that if you're, if you're worried that you're on course or off course, if you're questioning it at all, you can just pull out your Avenza app and and just just check and make sure that you're that you're not off course before you go backtrack and waste yeah. a bunch of time. It so. is a, it is a great tool to have. So Avenza, A V E N Z A. So yep. Avenza, yep. and we have all the directions on how to get the Avenza app and how to find the courses in the race guide. Yeah. So, so. each course each course will have its own Avenza map. So yep. you'll have to you and since we're talking about it, you'll want to download those maps. Oh, before you before get there. Before you yes. get there, because uh, service might be limited, especially when you put a couple thousand people in the same area, overwhelming the network and stuff. And so, um, when you get this this podcast recording mm-hmm. and the digital version of the race guide, which you'll be getting the same time, um, I would just. Do just it right do then. It. Yeah, just I agree. Do it right then. Just get it done so you have those maps and you can take a look at them. There is they they're so so handy. So you're gonna find it on page 17 on your digital right. race guide. So take a look at that. So Avenza AV. And there's even a, and there's even a QR code in the race guide yeah. there that you can if you're curious which app it is, you can yep. just scan that and super duper it. easy. So just follow the directions and get those maps, and that will that will really help you. And it's just a good peace of mind. There's some right. people out there who are always like, oh, I'm always worried about getting lost. And it's like, have this. You can't yeah. You can't get lost. There's no excuse for getting lost. Hydration has never looked so good. Hydro Flask brings you the best and brightest bottles, tumblers, and outdoor kitchenware. Strikingly simple and durable. Hydro Flask reusable items are perfect for your outdoor adventures. Discover your best travel mate on hydroflask.com or follow at hydroflask on Instagram. And there's another tool that you can download as well called RaceJoy yep. that uh, that allows your family and friends to be able to track you on yes. the course. 
which uh, is very handy, and, and it's, especially it's super, for pacers. It's it's great for pacers to be able to see where you're at, mm -hmm. um, to be able to to calculate what time they need to be there to to meet you and see if you're still moving at the pace that the they right expect pace you that at calculating yeah. or whatever. But just be aware that that app does not work in airplane mode. Exactly. So it does drain your battery. So one thing that I always recommend for runners is to have some sort of portable battery backup, mm -hmm. you know, that you just carry in your pack and you can plug your phone into that. Those little sticks that you can buy now with the yeah, battery. They're the, great. The, they're so they're and lightweight. They're super lightweight. Yeah. Yeah. Super easy. And, and another cool plug about race joy. This was like, I think two years ago, but I was in our timing trailer talking to our timers and, you know, and they were pulling up the race joy app to, to, because we can see where all the runners that are using Race Joy are at. Right, on the it puts course all the too. little dots everywhere. Yeah, it puts all the do dots there, and so we can just look at the entire race field and like where so everybody's cool. at. Yeah. And I'm sitting there looking at it with the timers, and I can see one dot that's like off course. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, that runner missed a turn. So I actually looked her up, her registration right, because you have her number. Yeah, and I and I called her and said, hey. Uh, this is Lyle. I'm the race director. I just I'm looking at you on Race Joy right now, and I see you're off course. She's like, Yeah, I know. I did it on purpose because I saw this trail and it was so amazing. I wanted to go explore and I'm and I'm happy to take a DQ on this because I just am amazed at the beauty that's right she here. She just, just wanted had to, to see it. I'm like, okay, well. Get back sure, on course. <laughs> just make sure and get back on course and uh, and uh, let me know if you got any issues. But like, but like, it's it's good tool for us too. So yeah, it is. It's great. I recommend so it. race joy, and we do have some. If you're doing some of the shorter distances races, races, we have that messaging that's built into it. So it's like a little audio tour guide. I record some things about Zion National Park, and you can hear those at different timestamps as you come across those mileage points. And it's really a fun app, but again, it does utilize a lot of battery. So you yeah. have to kind of, you know, weigh that option out, but you can go in and out of race joy. So you can go and turn it off for a little while and then turn it back on. And when my husband was actually pacing a friend at the Zion Ultra, we used race joy the whole time to get yeah. updates on him. And it actually worked quite well, except yeah. for when you were like, Way back on guacamole or something like that. Where yeah, there's some spots. Service. There's some spots where yeah. service is going to be a little spotty, a little spotty. But uh, but for the most part, it it's, works. It's pretty good. It works. So race joy and Avenza, those are two apps that are super helpful. And make sure your spectators, your crew, and your pacers also have that race joy. Let's talk about pacers and crew okay. because those are some people who are going to be out there needing access to different places every single race. Again, you go back to that little table in your digital race guide to see where you've got access for your crew and your pacers, because not all aid stations are going to have crew access. That's correct. And so you can't just be sending people there. Yeah. So it's not going to yeah. work. So one thing, one thing that's going to be different this year, and it's because it was a huge problem last year um, at Virgin Desert. So the 100 mile and 100K, um, they they do have crew access at Virgin Desert. Yeah, that's mile and, twenty twenty six ish. Yeah, yeah, twenty yeah twenty five point eight. Um, in the past, we've also said that spectators can go there. Um, this year, spectators are not allowed at Virgin Desert. Okay. It created the, the it created such a huge problem with there's not any parking there. So right. so cars can only park on one side of the road. And last year we had we had a pretty big problem and the BLM, you know, had to had to have a sit down meeting with me after the race last year and say, we got to reduce the number of vehicles that are allowed here because we had cars just parking in the middle of the road. 
and blocking the road so nobody right. could go one way or the these other. These trails are still open. These roads yeah, are open. We don't own this yeah, we, area. We, we do not. We do not have any exclusivity to shut this whole area yeah. down. And quite honestly, the road that uh, Virgin Desert is on, Sheep Bridge Road, is actually a pretty major. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a dirt road, but it's not for long. It's actually they're oh, they're, they're going to be paving, about it, paving it. Um, but it's actually a pretty major thoroughfare, thoroughfare yeah. between the town of Virgin and the highway. Um, you know, Apple Valley. And so, so we can't shut that down. You know, it, it's a, it's a very critical um, roadway that needs to be left open. So because of so that crew is fine. We've got crew and crew, pacers. Yeah. So crew and pacers, you know, you'll have your bit, but again, I, I have to stress like it's very important that, that you are mindful of other people and keeping that road clear. So you can park on one side of the road and only one side. And that okay. might require you to park way down the road and yep. walk up to the aid station. Yeah. Doesn't mean you're going to be able to just go make your own parking spot wherever you want and so that you don't have a very far distance to walk. Well, and then you're destroying the desert as yeah. well. I mean, yeah. we just really need to be careful there. So that's at Virgin Desert. So yeah. Virgin Desert, crew access there, uh, but it's just... You know, no spectators. Please don't try to go over there. Yeah. It, we don't want to cause any more problems because we don't want to lose access to it. Right. We we need. I mean, access is critical. Yeah. For us at the aid station, and if and if this continues to be a problem, then the BLM will say, yeah, no more, no more yeah. crew and pacer access. Right. Period. We'd have so, to lose. We'd lose all of our access yeah. to that. So just keep that in mind with that. And as you're kind of looking through it, then of course we have other places where crew and pacers are allowed to go. When can pacers jump in? Uh, when? Yes. Uh, well, at Virgin Desert. That's the the, that's when you can pick up a pacer. That's the, that's the soonest place for earliest, 100, 100 okay. mile and 100K. Yeah. Okay. Earliest you can pick and then, them up. And then Virgin anywhere, Desert. you know, looking at the race guide, you know, we we clearly have marked where mm-hmm. crew crew access, which aid stations allow crew access. Yeah. So for your 100 miler and 100K, you got Virgin Desert, you got Virgin BMX. That is a good one. And then we have the crew access point that's up at the start finish yeah, line. Start, start and finish line is right next to the junction that yep. uh, that heads down to Wire Mesa and Grafton Mesa. So that is not the place to park. That is the place to, to stand. Walk to. Yes, yeah. <laughs> you still park in the parking lot for the start and finish line and walk over. Because like mean, last year it's we not had a bunch. Far. No, it's yeah. What like a, f- a couple four hundred yards? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's not it's very not far. far. Not we had a bunch far. of people like trying to park there last year. I'm like, no, 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 no. no. There's a parking lot right there. You can yeah. Just go. Because road. again, Smithsonian Butte Road, it's an open yep. road and there's people who are trying to get access. Yep. It goes down into Rockville. And I mean, we just can't block access on right. that. And right. we've got runners who are going to be on that road. And we really discourage you from driving around on these dirt roads. Yeah, it kicks up a lot of dust. Yeah. And, and, you know, n- none of these runners like to eat. Nobody dust. likes to eat your dust. Not at all. So no. crew and pacers, you're going to pick up a bib for your crew and your pacers at the expo. So yeah. when you're checking in, make sure you get those crew and pacer bibs because that's how we identify them when they're out. On and the you'll course. get one of each. You get one crew and one pacer bib. You can share it with, Yeah. you know, you can take you the bib three off. different pacers. Yeah, you can, yep. you can share it with them. I, my, my recommendation to people is just put that pacer bib on a, on a race belt that yep. you can just unclip and just give to the next person. They can clip it on and and run instead of having to try and safety pin it on. But but whoever's pacing needs to have that pacer bib on and whoever's crewing you at the A station needs to also have the the crew bib uh, on. And, and those people are the only ones that are allowed 
you know, at the aid station. So you can technically have two people helping you, one wearing a crew bib and one wearing the pacer bib, and they can help you at the aid station. But anybody else needs to stay in the car um, because it just creates too much congestion around the aid station if we have yeah. a car full of eight people and, right. and one crew bib, and they're all out there trying to huddle around their, right. their one runner. It right, just it doesn't, does, work. doesn't work. And do remember that this is for the 100-miler and the 100K. 50K does not have pacers Correct. available for Correct. that. So just keep that in mind if you are on the 50K. You shouldn't need it. We've got plenty out there to support right. you on that. So you'll be good to go. I think while we're talking about the aid stations and pacers and crews, let's talk about just the way we act at an aid station and the way we treat our aid station staff. Yeah, that's a good point. I, and I think most of most of our runners are They very, do a great job. They're, they're great. Um, so this is not really directed at the runners. This is more directed at their crew. Yeah. So a lot of times we get crew that come to these aid stations that feel maybe a little entitled to to boss people around and tell people what to do. And just keep in mind that like these people that are volunteering to work these aid stations, in a lot of cases they're sleep deprived, they're tired, and they're there working because they love it and they're and they're happy to give back and help um, the running community, you know, any way that they can. Um, but that being said, you know, they deserve the respect yeah. that they that they have earned by, by being there. Because your Pacers and crew, they represent you. They represent you. And, and, and one thing that I, that I will say that, uh, that I, I always, I always hate saying it because it, it makes me sound like a bad guy, but I also have to say it because I, I 100% have got the back of my volunteers like right. all the time. Like if they're out there busting their butts to, to do this amazing job for me, I got their back. And so if some, some crew comes in and starts being a total jerk to them, like I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to disqualify their runner. Right. And so, and, and, and this is why I hate saying that because again, that's not, that's not something that you directly have done, but just, just be mindful of that when you're asking people yeah. to crew you like, Hey, don't do anything that's going to get me. That's going to jeopardize my race. You know? Yeah. I love to think about the volunteers, you know, they're running a kitchen in there. Yeah. They're, they've got their things going on. They have things that they need to do, things that they need to organize. They have their processes and procedures. You don't just jump into somebody's kitchen yeah. and start messing things up. Yeah. So just... yeah, there's, there's tables around the aid station tents for a reason. Yeah. So stay on the outside of those tables. Don't, don't crowd their space. But these volunteers uh, are amazing and they'll they help are. you with whatever you need. Yeah, just ask. So just ask and they will accommodate whatever they possibly That's why can. they're there. I know. I think you're going to yeah. love the aid station. Wasn't yeah. it at Zion last year that we had one family who was making like teriyaki rice or something? Yeah, it was Tommy Aloha. Yeah, they were they yeah. Like, like... He's a, Pol he's a Polynesian family and they, Pol they're like... Full meal. Yeah, they're doing a, a luau at their age. And you have to realize that's something that they brought. Yeah. Something that yeah. they wanted to bring. Yeah. Because we have great aid stations. We set them up to have a great aid station anyway, but this was them going above and beyond yeah. to provide for the runners. Yeah. And they're coming back this year. Oh, Ooh, that's so, good news. Where are they at? I can't tell you yet. Okay. All right. We'll we'll find out. We'll make I sure guess, they're in a good place. I guess just uh, wait and see. Ooh, they're looks... actually going to be working two different aid stations. Oh, wow. So for those of you running the 100 mile and 100K, they will be at one of those okay. aid stations during the day. And then they will be moving to one of them that you're going to okay. see later in the race too. That's so. exciting. Yeah. That's exciting news. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, watch for good stuff because we have great people out there. In the unlikely happening that you have to drop yes what do we do well first thing is we need to know about it please so don't uh, just you know if you're coming to an aid station that you've got some crew at don't just get in their car and just leave because then, then the we're like 
wait, where did they go? Person? You know, yeah. and I gotta and I gotta call you and track you down and make sure that you uh, aren't, you know, still out in the court someplace, falling off a cliff or something. You know, <laughs> no but, one's gonna uh, fall off a cliff. No it's gonna, gonna, gonna be cliff. fine. But uh, but yeah, I I so if you're going to drop, I need you to check in with the aid station okay. that you're dropping at. Make sure that they're that they're aware of it. Uh, you need to turn in your bib, so 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 that we have accountability for everybody that's dropped. And the reason why we ask you to turn in your bib is just if for whatever reason they try to radio it in mm-hmm. and there's no radio connection or or we don't hear the radio connection or whatever. And then a couple hours later, like, hey, did you hear me radio that that number in over the radio? It's like, no, I never heard it. Well, what was the bib number? Then they don't, I don't remember, remember it. Right. So that's why we say turn in turn in the bib. So we always have an accounting yep. of those bibs yep. that have yep. dropped. So yep. at an aid station. Make sure you notify somebody. Yep. Please, turn in, please, turn in, please. Turn in your bib. Let somebody know. And at that point, if you have crew there that wants to give you a ride, great. Awesome. Jump in with that. That's great. Otherwise, you're going to be waiting for us to get over there. To get yeah. You, it so. might take us a little while at yeah. some of these aid stations if you choose to drop but we, there. But we, but we try to be as quick as we can to, to get people extracted yeah. out of there. Food waste is a bigger issue than most people think. But organic snack company Barnana is on a mission to change that. Barnana tackles food waste at the source, taking fruit right off the farm that doesn't qualify for export due to imperfections and turns it into delicious snacks. Try Barnana's sweet and chewy banana bites and savory crunchy plantain chips or nuggets. Responsible snacking never tasted so great. Visit Barnana.com and use code VRACES20 for 20% off your next order. I always tell people when you're getting into an aid station, kind of do that full body scan. How are we feeling? How am I doing? Get yourself prepared for the next aid station. Work aid station to aid station just so you know and you're confident leaving one aid station that you're going to make it to the next right, aid station. Right. So it's going to it's gonna be great. You're going to love it out there. You know, we were talking about the course a little bit and talking that it can be technical in nature. We talked about the Slick Rock up on Grafton Mesa. When you're Grafton and Wire Mesa, it's a, it's a different type of a trail up there. It's right. a little more rocky. Yeah. Um, I love the trails up there. They're oh, yeah. super yeah. fun and beautiful views. Well, yeah, Wire is probably one of my favorite trails uh, up there. It's just a nice... Flowy. It's a, it's, yeah. yeah, it flows really good. doesn't have a whole lot of elevation gain or drop. No. It's just pretty flat, um, but really great views, um, yeah. which are which are awesome. So you're going to love you're going to love all, all of I mean, all of these have amazing views. So. They really do. And even the half marathon. That's what that's the thing is like yeah. 50K half marathon. You're going to get some spectacular views yeah. out there yeah. and you're going to love it. So make sure you have your cameras with you. It's always good. You know, I still am amazed at the people who don't run with phones because I always run with my phone now. Always. I'm never without it. Yeah. Well, for your own, for your own sake, like, you know, oh, I, I stepped into a cactus or something. Yeah. It's like, I I need, I need some, you know, I need some more, you know, appropriate medical attention than just, uh, just uh, a bandaid or something, whatever, but. Yeah, it's. I just love to have my phone. So we encourage you to take your phone with you. It's just a great way. And then you can also use those apps that we were talking yep. about. You can keep yourself on course. And so for those of you who are like, well, I don't run with my phone, maybe consider it. It's never a bad thing. So I think we've talked through a lot of these can, things. Can what we are talk, we missing? Can we talk about finisher awards? Oh, let's definitely talk about finisher so, awards. So I want to make sure that everybody has a great race. Yeah. So... One of the things that, you know, we live in this world where everybody gets a finisher award. Yeah. 
which is great. Yeah. I want to make sure that all you guys have a great, you know, memento to be able to remember your race experience by, but I also want to set you up for success as best as I can. So if you decide on race morning, I'm signing for the hundred mile and I'm just not feeling it. I feel pretty confident that I could do the hundred K, right? but, but I don't have the confidence that I could do the hundred mile. If that's where you find yourself, we need to, we need to try and make those adjustments before you start. The Please. Race. It makes because, it so much easier. Because whatever race you start is the race that you need to finish to be able to get an official finisher. finisher award. Okay. Not necessarily an, an, not an, award, an award, but, just if, but an official finish time. Right. So like whatever race you start, if you don't finish that distance, mm-hmm. then your your result is going to be listed as a DNQ. So you didn't qualify. you're signed up for the 100 miler, but you end up dropping and only do 60 miles and yeah. you finish the 100K. Right. That's all well and good, but your result is going to be on the 100 miler DNF because yeah. we didn't switch it out. You didn't finish it. Yeah. So you can still get the lesser award, though. Okay, you can collect so the 100K award, but yeah. you're going to have the DNF on the 100 miler. Yeah, yep. So okay. on your on your official results, it's going to be listed as a DNF. So okay. that's I, I just wanted to spell that out. So like I want everybody to have have you know the best race experience they can, and and if your official time means that much to you, then start the race that you feel confident you and can make finish. sure we know that and make sure you, you have to yeah it has to be official like yep. we have to be able to swap it out in the system before right. you start. But, uh, but yeah, don't just, don't just be like, ah, eh, I've made it 20 miles and I'm just not feeling like I can do a hundred now. So I'm just going to drop. I'm just going to drop. Well, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. You can, you, but if all you want is the award, then you can do that. Yeah. Then it does work that way. Just don't but, be upset when you see a DNF yeah, on your results yeah, because yeah. that's how it's going to work. Yeah. That is a really good point. I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. So for, for any of the distances for that matter, okay. if you, if you, you know, are signed up for the 50 K, but you complete the half a, marathon. a half marathon or greater, you know, distance, but you didn't finish the 50k, you can collect the half marathon award. award. But but you're still gonna be listed as a DNF, DNF on the so, 50k. Yeah. That makes complete sense. Yeah. So I'm glad that you brought that up because it's good to know because you don't sometimes when we get done with the races and we're all like everybody's right. tired and dirty and they're just like not knowing what's going on. So this is good stuff to know before we ever get to the race. The last thing that I wanted to talk about, Lyle was how we're going to start this. Because people are going to look at these start times and see that they actually have a window of starting, which is really, really nice. I love this kind of start when I'm running. And so on Saturday, when our 100 milers start, they have a start time window between 5 and 5.30 in the morning. What does that mean and what does that look like? Basically, you have 30 minutes to start the race. Okay. So if you're going for overall awards, so we don't do age group awards for the ultras. We do overall. So top three male, top three female okay. for each distance. If you feel like you've got a shot to get one of those overall awards, then you need to be right up there toeing the line right at five o'clock. Yep. Cause you're because, on gun time. Cause you're on gun time. Okay. The rest of everybody is going to be, so those, those overall awards are going to be based off of gun time. Everybody else's official time is going to be off a of chip time. So it doesn't matter when you start. It doesn't start. matter. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The awards, the the overall awards are the only thing that is based off of gun time. Okay. Everything else. So if I roll up there at five o'clock and I'm like, oh my gosh, I forgot something in my car. No stress. Right. Walk back to your car. You still have 30 minutes. You have a 30 minute window. Right. How does this affect my overall 36 hours, let's say on the hundred miler? All, all of the cutoff times are all based off of that that very last minute 
potential starting time. So like 5.30. Yep. So like, so yeah, if you, you look at- 36 hours from yeah, 5.30. So, so everything, every every one of these these cutoff times or minimum pace times are all based off of a, you know, a five, for the 100 miler, it would be off of a 5.30 start. start time. But if I start at five o'clock, I don't get an extra 30 minutes. No, no, you still, that's because, because like I said, all that's doing is is giving you some extra time to meet those minimum pace times. Yeah. But like, if you started at five o'clock, you well, got to end your by clock, five o'clock. Your clock ends in 36 hours. Right. And so, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because a lot of people. Because it does pad the minimum pace yeah, times for you. It does pad it, but it doesn't pad your overall time. Right. So if you're worried about some of the minimum pace times, get started early in that yep. window. Yep. But understand that your overall clock starts running as soon as the race starts. As soon starts. as you start. No, that's super clear. As soon as your as soon as your chip goes across that starting mat, your your 36 hours has begun. Yeah. So if you know that you can complete it in, you know, 28, 29 hours, then you can start at 5:30 and it's not going to yep. be as big of a yep. deal. So yep. we've got those 30-minute windows for each and every one of the races. Remember, Saturday start is 100 miler and 100k. So 5 to 5:30, 5, 100 miler, 6 to 6:30, 100k. Sunday, we've got 6 to 6:30 for the 50k and then 7 to 7:30 for the half marathon. And I think we should also note that everybody's going to need lights yep. when yep. you start. So everybody's going to need light, except the, the half for marathon the half marathon. Yeah, you half guys marathon. should be good to go. Yeah. But everybody else will need lights to start. You so know, just you know, our, remember our, that. Our uh, daylight uh, savings is rolling back in March. Yeah. So, so it will actually be probably the 100K and uh, and even the 50K will probably be okay. Yeah, you're right. Because we do I have that okay. a little bit earlier. But yeah. make sure you're prepared. Because I mean, you look at the sunrise time. You know, it's yeah, seven, seven, o'clock, so. seven o'clock, just after seven o'clock. So it shouldn't so. be too bad. So you won't have too much in the darkness. As far as weather goes, it's right now. We don't know. Yeah. Um, It has historically, we've had some hot years. Yep. And we've also had some cooler, really nice years. We can have some wind. I know my wife. I don't know if you looked at her. Uh, I don't know if it's Facebook. Oh, or Instagram, I did yesterday. But like She was looking at her memories yeah. and like last year on March 1st. We had all of our fruit trees all blossoming and everything. Yeah, and she this had this year, beautiful picture that, that that was like showing the difference. Apricot tree, yeah. and it was like bees were all pollinating the flowers and everything. And then, then this year, it's just just twigs. I know it's <laughs> crazy, but I also said it's probably good because we've had a pretty cold, wet winter around yeah. here. So it's probably good because we don't want those apricots just freezing. No, no, we, we don't need, want them freezing. We need we need them apricots. So I say apricots is just how I go. Yeah, it's just how I roll. Apricots, apricots, whatever you want to do. Tomato, tomato, potato, potato, and so we don't know. It could be warm. This one thing that you need to know is it is very exposed. Yeah. yeah. There's not a lot of tree cover or anything like that. You need sunscreen. You need a hat. If you need to stay covered from the sun, just make sure you're doing that because this is a very exposed yeah. and you're, You know, for those of you running the 100 mile and 100K, like you're going to be going through the night. Yeah. And so you want to make sure you've got some warm clothes that you can put on in your drop bags, you know, that yeah. you're going to be accessing during those overnight Boy, hours. did we have a lot of wind last year. Yeah, we had we had we had some wind. We had some wind. Had some wind. If you want to talk to Rob Rich so about just, that, just don't say the W word. We don't want to jinx ourselves. We, we so. don't want to jinx ourselves. <laughs> hopefully, we're gonna have some beautiful weather, and hopefully, since we've gotten so much moisture th- so far this winter, you're gonna see some beautiful blooms yeah. coming out there. Yeah, it should be should be spectacular. It really should. I really think the desert's gonna be absolutely gorgeous yeah. this spring. So it's gonna be good stuff out there at the. Zion Ultra. Again, we're going to be there the weekend of April 15th and 16th. Packet pickup 
is going to start on Friday the 14th. So all good stuff. If you need anything, make sure you refer to the digital race guide first. You're going to get that in your email, but you can also always reach out to our customer service info at vacationraces.com or just hit Lyle up. Yeah, just email me, Lyle at Vacation Races, L-Y-L-E. Yep, super easy. So vacationraces.com and we will see you guys in Zion. You've been listening to the Vacation Races and Friends podcast. We'd love your feedback. Email podcast at vacationraces.com with comments, concerns, or stories you'd love to share. Make sure to watch for more episodes coming soon to vacationraces.com. This episode was produced by Colleen Rue in the Festival Sound Studio. For information about music licensing, contact Dane at vacationraces.com.